0: Spain and Fitz the podcast
1: it's Friday and this is Spain and Fitz on ESPN radio the ESPN app Sirius XM, channel 80 and I mean it it's Spain and Fitz we are both here getting ready ah. for a wild weekend I know we're presented by progressive insurance all of our guests will join us on the Goodyear Hotline, Sarah. I couldn't think of a better way to kick off a massive weekend than us being reunited. First and foremost, great work yesterday with the ESPN Women's Summit. We, you, we you. missed you. I went a little crazy with some hot takes. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh boy, I channeled my inner Stephen A. and my inner Max Kellerman. Like it all <laughs> was coming out. So you're glad? You should be very glad that you didn't have to endure any of that. But great work by you with the ESPN Women's Summit.
2: Thank you very much. It was. Uh, Fantastic time capped off by chilling in my hotel room watching Chanel Ogumake's incredible one forty four. If you haven't watched it, it's on ESPN plus everybody check it out. Shouts to Chanae. She did an amazing job.
1: Yeah, she's a rock star. And you know, it's funny you mention that because it really gets us into the theme of this weekend. It's like a I don't know, let's make it like a sports sportgus sports. Like a sweet I feel like
3: yeah. Exactly.
2: It is. No, yeah, it's whatever the Swedish chef would call a full weekend of sports on the slate. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a, a sport, sport, sport. Sport of sports board. Sports. I think I'm going to go with sports as board. Sports are board? Sports bored. I don't know. We'll try. You really, way. you really but,
2: settled on one there, didn't
1: you? Yeah, I really feel like I'm just <laughs> I'm off to off to the races. But we see that because there's so much going on this weekend. I mean, the NHL playoffs start. Tomorrow, it's funny, I was talking to the uh, ESPN affiliate 1025, the game in Nashville today, and Jared Stillman, my buddy, was asking me about the NHL playoffs, and I realized that I just don't even have the brain capacity to think <laughs> about the fact that that's starting right now. But that's not the only thing. The NWSL starts tomorrow. There's the NBA Hall of Fame ceremony tomorrow. And starting tonight, you mentioned 144, but the WNBA is kicking off. They're tipping off tonight, and we right are in it. like now. It's
2: happening. It's happening right now. Everybody, don't freak out. Uh, It's happening right now. Yeah, the Indiana Fever are at the Liberty. That's kicking off the slate here. Two of the youngest teams in the W, and we finally get to get a look at Sabrina Ionescu again, kind of redoing her rookie season. She only had two games last year before injury, so pumped about that and starting off their sort of Brooklyn era. We got the Sun at the Dream at 7.30. Uh, we've been talking about this on Spain and Fitz because Nikki Collin left the Dream 11 days before the season started uh, for the Baylor job. So now they've got to get everybody organized. Everyone's going to be watching. Erin McDonald, Kennedy uh, Carter, Courtney Williams, Odyssey Sims. They are stacked, but they are without Cheyenne Parker and Fitz. This, you know, wouldn't be that big of a deal considering we've seen some teams lose players to COVID. But she tested positive and then went to Instagram and said
3: this. Part of me just wants to believe, like, it's a whole conspiracy because I'm the only one not vaccinated. So, ooh, let's use her as an example and um, test. Let's let's say she tested positive. I don't know. I'm not shooting shots or anything because I could very well have it. But because my immune system is high, I'm just not having any symptoms. Whatever the case is, I'm staying positive.
1: Fits Sarah, that I'm not, can you say, like, part of you thinks this is happening and then say you're not shooting shots like I don't know that you can live in both worlds on that one
2: I don't know how you go back to your team after that and just shrug off that you posited publicly that they might be sabotaging your ability to compete in the season opener to prove a point about you not being vaccinated I mean that is wild can you imagine that I mean I, I I just don't know what happens when you walk back in Already presumably feeling a little bit of an outsider because you are only the only one who's not getting vaccinated and then offering up that the team may be conspiring against you. Um, That's awkward. It's a real awkward way to start a season. She kind of came back around and tried to finish that Insta video a little bit more positively, but lots to keep an eye on with Cheyenne Parker and that Atlanta Dream team team. it, 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 it's interesting. Uh we also 9 p.m. tonight Phoenix Mercury, Minnesota Lynx. That three-headed monster of Griner, Skylar Diggins Smith, and Diana Tarasi now adding on to them Kia Nurse. Uh so we're gonna be watching Griner inside against Sylvia Fowles and also MVP candidate Nafisa Collier that a lot of people are gonna be watching extra close this year with the Lynx. Lynx always an incredibly well coached team always a contender. Uh so that's gonna be a good one. And then it closes out tonight, 10 p.m the Wings and Sparks. Wings have Four rookies on their roster. Not a single player that has more than five years of league experience. Incredibly young wings team, and then of course you got the Sparks. They lost Candace Parker to my Chicago Sky. They lost Chelsea Gray. Simone Augustus retired. Went over the coaching side. So it's the Ogumake show. It's it's Neca and it's Shanae in LA uh, trying to hold it down. Uh, my Chicago Sky are not playing until tomorrow at noon. Lots of expectations with Candace Parker coming home. Adding with. Courtney Vanderson, who we're going to talk to, Diamond DeShields, Allie Quigley. Um, And then today we got the best news possible, at least for me, because in my mind, Sue Bird is my best friend. And I don't want her to ever leave us ever, 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 ever. And she is getting a little long in the tooth, but she was on the jump today. And Rachel Nichols asked her about, you know, could we be expecting a finale lap this year where everybody's worried about seeing you for the last time and clapping it up? Here's what she said. Yeah, I mean, last
4: year was 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 interesting for me physically, right? And I think showed me coming back from from missing, like you mentioned, the 2019 season. I was kind of like, okay, I can actually still do this. Mm-hmm. And once I felt that, that confidence came back. I hit it hard in the off season, and here we go again. So I don't really have any, an answer for you, um, other than I'm taking it one year at a time and trying to play as much. I mean, listen, all she does is win, right? So <laughs> I'm just play as much as I can with
1: Stewie before before I call today.
2: Woohoo! She absolutely just basically said no, this is not going to be my last year."
1: I, I mean yes, but if she could decide that she was going to wait one game just to you know wait a game it wouldn't it wouldn't hurt my feelings because Seattle opens against my Vegas Aces right so I'm just looking for like some some small advantage for my team in this area so like you know if Sue wanted to start this season like just needed one extra day to sort of live and, and appreciate everything and then come in after the first game, I wouldn't be mad at it.
2: You know what save it Save it for later because we're going to have a little Aces Sky trash talk. So why don't you save it?
1: Oh, there's going to be some trash talking because, believe me, I feel really good this year. Sneaky confident when it comes uh-huh. to the Vegas Aces and what uh-huh. this season's going to bring. We'll, we'll get into a bet on it in a little bit. Uh, Spain and Fitz, ESPN Radio, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. I mean, that's just a portion of what the WNBA has going on over the course of the weekend. It's also, though, Sarah, a big weekend in the NBA. And really, as always, I feel like it comes back to LeBron James as LeBron and the Lakers are still the Lakers. I thought this was an interesting stat. They have a, a 79.8 chance of making the play-in tournament. That's according to ESPN and the BPI. They had a .01% chance of having to play in the play-in tournament on February 14th when Anthony Davis re-aggravated his Achilles injury, which caused him to miss 30 straight games. So in that 30 games, they went from not going to have to play in the play-in to now almost certainly going to have to play Mm -hmm. into the play-in, but they're going to have to figure that out without LeBron.
2: And listen, we talked about this the other night. I said, I'm worried about LeBron. I don't think that this decision is simply strategic. And Jacoby was on with us and he said, listen, you know, I think it just makes more sense for them, him to want to come back against a Houston team than against a tough Knicks team. He didn't come back against either. And they don't know if he's going to be back this weekend. And that is massive to me. And Kendrick Perkins said it all today on First Take, how important it is just to get out in a game situation before the play-in.
5: Man, look, when you're
0: hurt, the only way you get back in rhythm is by getting out there. And, Max, what I'm telling you is, I'm not saying... Anthony Davis has been out there. LeBron James hasn't. LeBron needs these two games to get his rhythm. Make sure he's getting... See, see where his speed is, his athleticism. Getting the flow of things. Because, Max, if you come back and you haven't played a game, guess what? Your timing could be off. Your passes might not be as sharp. Yeah, you might yeah. not be able to Roll like you want to. All those things come into the come into the uh, play when you're talking about sitting out, Max. That's what I'm trying to tell you.
1: Yeah, and I don't think, Sarah, any of this is going to be easy for the Lakers, uh, no matter what. At this point, you have to be concerned. If you look at the injury situation, they're not the only ones, by the way, dealing with injuries as Steph Draymond and Andrew Wiggins are all out tonight versus the Pelicans. Uh, that's going to be a big impact for the Warriors as they're also part of this playing conversation. ESPN radio presented by Progressive Insurance, making it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. Speaking of the Warriors, one of our buddies is going to be on the call with the Warriors This weekend, we'll get his thoughts on all things West Coast and what's going on in the Western Conference. Next, Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Like in and out burger. You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM channel 80. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests will join us on the Goodyear Hotline, and we'll go straight to some Straight Talk. Brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Sarah, a lot of that Straight Talk right now comes into a weekend in the NBA. It's absolutely stacked. And I said it yesterday. I think part of the hype over the play-in tournament comes from the fact that there are big brands involved in the play-in tournament. I'm not sure if the play-in tournament in the West looked like it did in the East that we'd be as sort of infatuated with it. But we are because you've got teams like the Warriors and the Lakers finding themselves in an unusual situation where they're trying to get their way in to the actual playoffs, which is stunning to say. But it's part of what really makes it a win. Better to be lucky than good sometimes.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, certainly in a one-game situation, uh, luck needs to be on your side. And I think you're right. I think, you know, for the NBA, it's absolutely perfect that the play in games are giving so much attention to every single game down the stretch. We're going to talk about later their wild lineup for Sunday, final game of the season that starts at noon and goes straight through to eight, back to back to back to back. Um, but there is also some sadness that if you do end up having Warriors-Lakers, one of them is out after a game.
1: Well, we're going to head to the Goodyear hotline where we're joined by our buddy George Sedano. You can listen to him on 710 ESPN LA. ESPN NBA reporter. He's part of the Pelicans Grizzlies broadcast 930 Eastern tonight on ESPN. So, George, let's start. I mean, you're part of the Pelican Grizzlies broadcast. We just mentioned the fact that Grizzlies will be without several key pieces. How important is it for them right now to have anybody on the court as they get ready for the playing tournament? Can they just essentially wait until then to worry about it?
6: Jason, Sarah, thanks for having me on. Are, are, you, are you referring to the Grizzlies or are you referring to the Warriors? Uh, sorry, situation? the Warriors,
1: yeah. I, I, I totally oh, flipped okay. teams. Sorry, that's my fault.
6: <laughs> it's okay because I could, I, I could answer both. It's fine. Um, but what I would say to you is this game, in essence, um, is not as important as Sunday, obviously, for the Warriors. So it looks like they're probably going to not play guys today and uh, rest them. Um, you know, they have nagging injuries, right? Steph has been dealing with that tailbone contusion situation all season You're right he's talked about the padding he's got on his rear end um, so anytime he falls on that it's really painful so even just a day's rest will give him uh, you know some added benefit and you know Draymond busted up his finger uh, in a game here recently against the Jazz so he's been playing with a busted finger so they just want to kind of rest that as well and then with Andrew Wiggins he's had some knee soreness recently so they, they want to just kind of rest him for today because again Sunday is unbelievably important for them from a seating perspective
2: We talk a lot about how it's bad news for the Lakers to put themselves in a position where they have to win a play-in, where they might not be healthy. We don't talk as much about the flip side, which is how much it must suck for the teams that have been great all season, riding high around the top of the West, that then have to face the Lakers if they win. Um, You know, how legitimate are the concerns that LeBron James won't be in there until probably the play-in game and probably isn't going to be out there this weekend to get some of his timing back?
6: Well, look, if we were talking about anyone else, I'd probably be really concerned, Sarah. Um, but because he's generally been superhuman, <laughs> like I'm, I'm just going to side with I'm going to ride with that guy until the wheels fall off. And look, they may fall off. Right. <laughs> like we may be seeing the beginning of the uh, tires being needed to change. Right. Or needing to get changed here. But from my understanding, he's he's been looking pretty good in practice Um, that he's looking like LeBron, and I think that they're just being cautious at this point, right? And when it comes to LeBron, we all know this, right? Like, this isn't a shock to you guys. Like, there's not anyone maybe in professional sports that knows his body as well as LeBron does. So he knows when he can push it. He knows when he has to take his foot off the gas. And I think that, you know, he's just saying to himself, if we want to try to win a championship here, which is the goal, then I'm going to need to just kind of be uh, in a different mode at the end of this regular season, you know it's not like LeBron has sat out a ton of games over the last couple of years. The only time he's sat out is really due to uh, an injury. So, and, and this one is significant. You know he hasn't had a high ankle sprain like this one since 2017, and that one cost him you know for some four or some odd weeks uh, back then when he was in Cleveland.
1: We're talking to George Sedano, 710 ESPN LA. You can also check him out, part of the Pelicans Warriors broadcast, 9:30 Eastern tonight on ESPN. So. If you, at this point, hobbled LeBron, whatever version of LeBron we get, in a play-in game, Lakers-Warriors, presuming the Warriors come in as healthy as they can be after resting people tonight, where are they? Who do you have in that matchup?
6: I still think the Lakers can win that series. Look, Anthony Davis is just a cheat code, and, and he's relatively healthy. Um, so I think because of him, I, I don't see the Warriors having a matchup for, for Anthony Davis. Uh, look, Kevon Looney's a nice player, but he's not keeping up with Anthony Davis. And even if LeBron is, you know, 75% of LeBron, as great as Draymond is, he's not going to be able to stay with him the whole game. And, you know, who are you going to throw at him? You know, Andrew Wiggins or whatnot. They they just don't have the right matchups. Um, Meanwhile, the Lakers have plenty of personnel that could at least help in trying to guard Steph because beyond Steph, there, there isn't a ton with this Warriors team that you have to be overly concerned about. Now, they've played really well in the last you know, 12 or 13 games, and they're getting big contributions from other guys. Andrew Wiggins specifically had 38 against the Suns the other night. But I just don't know if you're getting that on a consistent basis. One-game scenario, crazy things can happen. And I think that's what the NBA wants, and that's why I think the play-in tournament is a good idea. Um, but if I had to put my money somewhere, I'm still betting on LeBron and AD.
2: Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz on ESPN Radio, talking to George Sedano on all things West Coast, Warriors, Lakers, NorCal, SoCal, WeHo, Samo, in and out all the other things that are West Coast.
3: <laughs> and since we didn't
2: get to them yet, I guess that means we have to get to the Clippers. Over the last week and a half, I have heard people alternately say that they are going to win the West, last night on, on SportsCenter SVP said his money is on the Clippers to win the West. I also heard Perk say no one should be afraid of the Clippers. They've been trash. Where do you sit on what the Clippers look like heading into the postseason?
6: Okay, I, I'm, I'm, I would say if I had to lean somewhere, I would lean closer to Scott Van Pelt than I would to my guy Perk. Um, I actually think the Clippers are very dangerous. I think that the last team the Lakers want to see in a first-round series is the Clippers, just because they've got two guys that can match up defensively against LeBron in Kawhi and Paul George. Last season, when LeBron was healthy, he only shot 38% against those guys in the four games. So they've got the recipe to make things challenging for the Lakers, and particularly LeBron, right, who's the kind of the straw that stirs the drink there for them. So because of that, I still think they're the one team that matches up pretty well against the Lakers. So I happen to think that whoever wins, if they get to play each other, whoever wins that all LA series is going to the NBA finals, because it looks like they may have to meet in the second round. Granted, things can shake out differently here over the next couple of days. But if I'm the Lakers, I'd much rather see them in the second round than in the first round, for all the reasons we discussed earlier about just kind of LeBron, just getting back into the fold, right? Like you don't want to see that right away. uh, If you're those guys. So I'm in on the Clippers. Like, I think they are a viable candidate. I would say that I'm, I'm, I have more confidence in them than the Jazz or the Suns at this point, for sure.
1: You mentioned the Jazz or the Suns. If the Lakers have to take on either of those teams, which team matches up better for them, for, against them?
6: Mm, uh, man, I'd I, rather the Jazz. Um, even though Davis has just bludgeoned Gobert uh, over the years, <laughs> uh, I still think that the Jazz have – you know, they're just, they're pretty deep, man. Like, so I think they'll be good against the Lakers. I don't think they could beat the Lakers, uh, again, because Davis is a cheat code in that situation. And, you know, they can put Gobert in a tough spot, uh, having to guard the perimeter in some situations with Anthony Davis, which is not necessarily his forte.
1: You guys can check him out tonight on the Pelicans Warrior broadcast, 9.30 Eastern on ESPN and, of course, always on 710 ESPN LA and across all of our shows. George Sedano, George, my friend, stay safe out there, and let's all agree, In-N-Out's completely overrated. Appreciate you, my friend. It's great fast
6: food. That's all it is, great fast <laughs> food.
1: All right, see you guys later. You have to oh, get well, it animal
2: style, and then you have to order off the oh, menu, and then you have to just, it's fine.
1: Yeah, it's okay. Wendy's is better. Straight talk, talk, wireless, no contracts, no point. compromise. Yeah. I mean, at, at this point, you know, I'm just I'm just here to speak truth about In-N-Out Burger. Somebody has to do it. Uh, great stuff from George, as always. And again, don't forget to check out the broadcast tonight uh, with his work being right there. All right, coming up, we mentioned the WNBA is getting underway. Well, there's a great article that breaks down some of the great conversations that need to happen. We'll have one of them next here. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. You're listening to the Spain and Fitz Podcast.
7: Establishing the Women's National Basketball
4: Association.
2: I may be the first, but I will not be the last. Once I got to see powerful
3: women doing what I hoped and dreamed of doing. I
2: want to continue to be able to win.
0: This is Spain and Fitz.
3: So
2: happy to welcome in former ESPNer, former one-third of the trifecta, former around-the-horn killer, who you can now find on the pirate ship over at Meadowlark Media, talking milkshakes and Kim Mulkey trying to get her fired, amongst other things. You can also read her incredible new book that I got to read before all of you. What? Uh, and it's wonderful. All the colors came out. You can pre-order it now. It's out in stores on May 18th. But you are here, Kate Fagan, the great Kate Fagan on Spain and Fitz to talk about your latest freelance writing. It's been a while since we got to read your words outside of book form. And uh, it's an SI cover story about the WNBA And man, I just it hit on so many things that so many of us in this space are constantly talking about, but in a new way and in an exploring way. And one of the things that you've tweeted is understanding why we watch sports isn't just a thought experiment. It has practical implications. Tell me why for the WNBA's 25th season, the approach you wanted to take was why are there still people that not only don't watch this, but choose to mock it?
4: Well, thanks for having me on. It's good to talk to you guys. It's good to be back on the ESPN airwaves. So thanks for the time. And as far as as for that story, I just, I felt like this idea of why we watch sports, and this is something Sarah, you and I have talked about so much, is crucial to understanding how we can grow the women's game. Because I think there's this belief, and I write it in in this story on SI, I think there's this belief that We watch the game because of athleticism, because men run faster and jump higher. And I acknowledge that that is amazing that men can run that fast and jump that high. And seeing some of those spectacles, it does take your breath away. But when you really dig deeper, a lot of why we watch the game is is the storytelling, is the understanding of the storylines within a team and between teams, and then just the stakes of of an event. And so in this story, I try to weave together that, really when you get down in there yeah those dunks are amazing but really we're watching because we have some connection and we understand what what it means to the people watching and what it means to the culture and once you understand that I think you can start looking at women's sports a little differently and you can start looking at the infrastructure around it rather than thinking it's the women themselves and the way they play the game that's the quote-unquote problem
1: so, and look, I'll tell everybody, I think this article on SI is not worth just reading. Like, sit down and really sink it in. Soak it in, because there's a lot of great information, Kate. But I, I I'll I'll push back on something, because I want to get your thoughts on this. Because one of the things I think you really smartly mentioned is that we need to do a better job of telling great stories. Free agency, why is this person moving to this team, and why did this person get that contract? Those are great points. But I'll also say that those are things we ignore in other sports like the NHL. So it, are we ignoring it in your mind Because it's a women's sport or just because it's not considered at the same level of the other sports that we, frankly, put a bunch of money into? Because we don't put a bunch of money until now into the NHL, and it also doesn't get coverage.
4: Well, I think that the NHL comparison, there's a couple ways to look at it. One, there's probably a reason that ESPN, over the last whatever it's been, six to eight years, hasn't pushed the storylines of the NHL. And that's because ESPN didn't have the rights. So it's not a direct comparison because ESPN has the rights to the WNBA. And so if ESPN is going to have the rights to the WNBA and put a limited number of games on air, which is the first problem, and then not invest in the storytelling, it's doing the WNBA to some degree a disservice because there are other platforms out there that maybe they might pay a little less money for the rights, but they're going to really invest in the storytelling, which is going to allow the game to grow and drive interest. And the other thing, just because you brought up this NHL comparison, and I think it's a smart one, is, is that the one thing the NHL doesn't have that doesn't happen to the NHL is that if someone doesn't like the NHL, they don't go around screaming to everybody about how they hate the NHL. And this is something Sue Bird, Seattle Storm legend, says all the time. It's like, hey, she might not be an NHL fan, but she doesn't go out of her way to trash it. There's like an apathy, a neutrality. Like, okay, people over there love the NHL, and that's cool. But with the WNBA, people actually come into the space of the WNBA or the fans of the WNBA space to tell them that it's trash, and that's a difference. Even though Fitz, I know that wasn't the exact question you're asking, but I think the fact that ESPN owns the rights means that if they want to grow the game, they have to invest in the storytelling. Where's the programming around the WNBA? Where is the where are where are the like the the talking head shows that give us the storylines? Like. That has never existed for the WNBA.
2: Kate Fagan is with us here on Spain and Fitz. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz on ESPN Radio. You can read her cover story for Sports Illustrated about the WNBA on the tip-off of the 25th season tonight. Don't look away. Your point is so valid, Kate. I remember I actually sent an email out to some folks around ESPN, and I said, please make sure everyone here knows how to say Sabrina UNESCO. You would not let it slide if we were talking about the, um, a men's athlete who is just dominated and crushed and is breaking records and this is important and and to your point you talk about in the article the effort at times to talk about should someone get traded you know is this coach doing a bad job all that stuff and the key to that is that the people who are doing that debating need to be informed and they have to be willing to do the work to get caught up if they aren't informed and with women's sports, oftentimes that feels like a chore instead of part of the job, whereas we'll instantly learn about some obscure thing if people tell us it has stakes that matter. And I think that's what this comes down to, is convincing people that, that these women are worth watching, that the talent is there, that the stakes are high, and, and you bring that up. How do we make it so that this country prioritizes and believes that winning a WNBA championship is a big deal?
4: Well, I think the first step is to remove the poison from the WNBA's water. And, and yeah. I, I write that line in the SI article. And by that, I mean the first step is that if you're listening to this show right now and you don't care about the WNBA, you don't want to watch the WNBA. number one, we're not shoving it down your throat. This is a segment on a radio show. There's probably other segments that you might like more than different segments. Just choose not to watch it. But don't go out of your way to get on Twitter and hit up at Sarah Spain and Spitz and tell them, like, stop shoving it down my throat because there are plenty <laughs> of things we talk about and you choose whether or not you're into them or not. And if not, you let it go. But for some reason, the WNBA is a holding place for sexism, misogyny, homophobia. Like, it is this place where we put all of that energy and we think it's okay. So that's the number, in my mind, that's the number one thing. Like, as Sue Bird said to me last week, It's not, we're not saying, she doesn't need you to be a WNBA fan. Just stop poisoning the water. Let other people decide if they want to be into it and don't remove all of its cultural capital every chance you get. And I think that's a huge first first step because the WNBA has millions of loyal fans and there will be millions more who turn an eye to it if if they don't feel like they kind of get stepped on every time they mention it. Like there aren't people coming at them saying, wow, you're a complete loser if you're into that. So I know it seems, like a, it seems like it should be a small thing, but for the WNBA, it's a huge thing. Like, just get out of its way. We're not asking you to be into it. If you're listening to this, you don't want to be into it, don't be into it. Just stop trashing it. And I think once we get that out of the way, you'll see the game grow, if we can get that out of the way. I think you'll see the game grow to this idea of stakes and, and a mattering. Like, when who the WNBA champion is, we might start to invest more in thinking that that is something that matters to us as a culture.
1: Hey, you know, with that in mind, I, I think back to any time you've ever been in a, a high school basketball game, a pickup basketball game, when there's a, a woman, a girl that, that's there that just crushes everybody, the whole gym goes nuts. So where does this culture come from, where it goes from being super supportive and awesome to suddenly doubting everything that the product puts out?
4: Well, I think the best way to kind of encapsulate it is like after putting out this SI article. You, know, you get I was surprised. I haven't been on Twitter a ton over the last couple of years. I've just been working on other stuff. Good idea. Sarah, you know this. <laughs> yep. And I kinda We've kinda talked canon, about I it. Kinda, <laughs> yeah, I kind of cannonballed in by writing about the W. I forgot. Good choice. And juxtaposed, <laughs> exactly, juxtaposed next to each other was a tweet from Alex English, the Hall of Famer, saying, like, a must-read story, you know, on SI. And then just some, like, random, probably avatarless troll dude being like, You know, the WNBA is trash. Nobody cares about it. So to your point, Fitz, I think anyone who is invested in the game and understands the game and has put time into the game respects the fact that every woman in the WNBA, all 144 of them, like the film we watched last night, have put in the same amount of time as guys in the NBA and pretty much universally the NBA guys recognize this. And if you've been on a court and you've played with, with women and you, you've got a level of respect for them. So really what we're talking about is like this, this, this and I don't even know if it's just on Twitter, because you often, often, often also see it in bars and in conversations. But it's that, it's that kind of disrespectful, like, I, I hate it, it's like a cliche, right? Like the, the keyboard warriors. And they're, they are invading a lot of the space and creating a kind of poison when we talk about the WNBA.
2: It's Spain and Fitz, Kate Fagan with us. You can find her over at Meadowlark Media, hanging with Levitar and the boys, and also doing freelance writing for SI.com. Her new book, All the Colors Came Out, can be pre-ordered now and is out in a couple days, May 18th, in stores. One last quick thing, because we're running out of time. Expansion? Is that necessary at this point, not only because the amount of talent in the league and players that get cut with nowhere to go except abroad, but also in order to increase the amount of people invested because there's a team in their area?
4: Yeah, I think it's it's necessary. It's inevitable. I think we're going to see two more teams in the next two seasons by like 2023 in markets that want it and that covet it and that are recruiting the team and that will support it and help it grow. Because I do think that when you're looking at that, we're at the 25-year mark, when you're looking at the next decade, you, you don't want to have a third of your draft class, not making rosters. That's just not something you see on the NBA side. So I think this expansion is both necessary and inevitable.
2: Awesome stuff, Kate. Everybody needs to go read the article. Lots of great points brought up and we got to keep having these conversations and address it head on. So appreciate you doing it.
1: Really incredible job. All right.
2: Thanks y'all. Always love catching up with Kate. She's fantastic. Go read that article as well. Coming up here on Spain. it fits. what to watch for on the diamond and the ice as the Sporkit sport continues. ESPN Radio.
0: You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast.
2: Woo! This sporkit sport is rolling on. We got a real tight indie liberty game going on. Smorgasports is
1: easier to say. Smorgasports. sports. Smorgas
2: sports? But, but I, I like mean, the weirdness of sporkit <laughs> no. I like I like it to be weird, Fitz. I think. At this point, you would know that about me. I'd
1: That's like why to think, we work well together. I I'd think, like to
2: yeah. think you know that about me. It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80, keeping an eye on this WNBA game, tipping off the season, fever and liberty, keeping it tight right now in New York. Uh, but we've got an eye on a ton of other stuff going on this weekend, including baseball and really something to keep an eye on. Of course, we've, we've got games we want to watch for, but what I'm keeping an eye on Fitz is this weird Yankees story. This is, you know, eight members of the team, all of them vaccinated, testing positive. And, you know, Aaron Boone talked about how he's just glad right now it looks like the spread has stopped.
1: It, it, it's. I think we we've got been Aaron concerned Boone. every day. I guess there is still concern. I think the one positive right now for us is that today was the first day of no new cases, of no new. So all saliva tests from yesterday that have come back in today uh we're all negative and that's the first day that that's happened i hope is good news and hopefully means we're moving in the right direction certainly we won't know that for sure obviously uh we we will get some pcr testing back uh later this evening as well and then obviously more saliva test results tomorrow where hopefully we continue to have no no new positives and start to move move in a, in the right direction and out of this
2: Fitz, we know the vaccine is mostly to protect you from full symptoms. You can still get COVID even if you're vaccinated, but it is still surprising on one team for it to be spread like this amongst vaccinated people.
1: Yeah, and the, the hard part about this is it's got to be defeating as an organization when you're trying to figure out where you can relax things, where you can't relax things. And then for everybody in the Major League Baseball community, as you look across the board, you think, okay, If we're all vaccinated together, in theory, we should be safer. And then you see an outbreak like this with the Yankees and it just makes you question everything. So I just don't know how anybody can. We've talked so much about the mental health aspect of this. I don't know how you you're able to, like, sort of focus in on this moment and feel safe through the process when you see this happening to a team that in theory has done everything the right way and still can't prevent this outbreak.
2: Well, there's also a difference between feeling safe and and feeling available. Right. Because the safety aspect is that hopefully most of these people are experiencing little to no symptoms, not serious symptoms, but their unavailability is a problem, particularly if not enough of a team is vaccinated. Then the risk is spreading to somebody who isn't who is more likely to have a much more serious reaction. And then, you know, the the obvious problem of, of having players not be available to play. We'll be keeping an eye uh, on on the Yankees, certainly something to watch for. Uh, Speaking of that, everyone's got a cousin from Boston who forgets their wallet at dinner but never forgets a sixer of refreshing Sam Adams. Cheers to that. The Boston Beer Company, Boston Mass, savor the flavor responsibly. We'll also be watching for the uh, Padres hosting the Cardinals this weekend, first up Saturday, so tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Eastern, then again on Sunday Night Baseball. 6 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the app and at 7 p.m. on ESPN for that Sunday night meeting. Sir, I want to do you think
1: do you think there's a lot of pressure for the guys when they're getting into this game knowing that they're both teams that are still alive in my quest my major league bachelor oh, uh, quest mm-hmm. to pick a favorite team. Yeah. I feel like that's probably Top front and mind. center on everybody's mind. Yeah.
2: Top of mind for sure Fitz. They're they're really worried. I think that's also why uh why uh Stasha's team decided to end their 11 game skid. It wasn't so much because they they didn't want to lose a 12th in a row, but they were really worried about getting out of your good graces with, with I mean, a, a good uh, dozen losses.
1: As we were preparing for the show the other night, Stosh said, man, they've lost 11 in a row. And I said, I don't know how that's going to fare in my bachelor yeah, contest. And so then true. suddenly, bam, they win a game. They like, turned it around. I like yeah. it. You're welcome, Kansas City. You guys well, can feel you know free what? to just DM me. If that's me. the
2: case, I'm sad you've already eliminated my Cubs. I would love for you to use your powers to encourage them to greatness as well. And instead, here we are with the Cardinals still on the list. But that's an argument for another time. Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We've got a lot of baseball this weekend. NHL playoffs starting tomorrow. And you remember Greg Wyshynski told us earlier this week that uh, because of the Canucks' COVID problems, they will be playing even though the playoffs are starting tomorrow. They're just going to finish out the regular season (laughs) while the playoffs are starting. We don't even know if we can go in and out of Canada. It's a thing. But in the meantime, we're going to get the playoffs underway and see what we can get going while we await answers from Canada and elsewhere. Uh, Emily Kaplan, our great uh, I, uh, coverage uh, hockey cover here for I, that's not her official title hockey cover uh, senior hockey writer for ESPN uh, was on around the horn today and she used her FaceTime of course to set up all the great storylines.
4: Where do
6: I begin with storylines? Is Zdeno Chara going up against the team he captained for 14 years? The Battle of Florida for the first time? Or how about this? The Toronto Maple Leafs, who haven't won since 1967, the most tortured fan base in sports. Imagine the irony if they finally break through and their fans are not there with them. I'm not giving you all of this to say, please like my sport. I think anyone who's witnessed the Stanley Cup playoffs can appreciate the intensity, the grind, the magic of it. But it's going to be a great one. And with all the sacrifices people have made this year, whoever hoists the Stanley Cup in July, it'll be richly deserved.
1: She's not wrong, by the way, but like the Toronto portion (laughs) of this really feels like, you know, we've talked about and we joked during the NFL season how weird it would be to be a Browns fan and really couldn't actually watch your team win the Super Bowl had that happen. I mean, this is the Toronto portion of this is interesting because there's so many possibilities here of winning a cup without your fans being able to see it or, you know, frankly, having restrictions that prevent you from even getting that far. Like, we have no idea what to expect, and that would be heartbreak that I'm not sure even Toronto could handle.
2: (laughs) By the way, if you are just getting into the NHL season for the Stanley Cup playoffs. I don't blame you. It's some of the best playoffs in sports. It's been a weird season, but Greg Wyshynski has an incredible primer on .com. If you go to NHL page of ESPN, you can find out everything you need to know heading into the postseason, including why the playoffs start tomorrow, but one of the divisions doesn't start the playoffs till the 19th because they're still finishing the regular season. You can hear all about the realignment of the different divisions created for just this season only and how that affects Playoff play and how these teams are so darn sick of playing each other because they've been doing it all year long. The playoff format that's different, and of course, what I mentioned earlier, they're still awaiting news from Canada, which is emerging from a third wave of COVID, to figure out how they can deal with getting the player, the 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 teams and players up up north, uh, integrated in with the teams uh, down in the U.S. So a lot going on in the NHL. Needless to say, um, not to mention the Battle of Florida, which has always been you know the prime spot for hockey. When I think hockey, I think. (laughs) florida and that's yeah, I why mean, i can't even panthers talk there lightning. considering
1: I'm, I'm sitting there saying well let's see how nashville and vegas do not exactly hockey <laughs> hop heads, right like i can admit that
2: at least vegas is taking on the wild so there's some representation of somewhere that feels you know, i'm not going to dog the lightning or the panthers though two quality teams that's going to be a really fun matchup to kick things off Coming up, we got a lot at stake in the NBA going into this weekend, including a pretty wild Sunday that the NBA has set up to keep you guessing right up until the last minute of the last game when it comes to playoff scenarios. We'll get into all of it next. And some more WNBA talk. It's next. Spain and Fitz.
0: You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast.
2: So they were just showing uh, the new mascot of the Liberty, Ellie, dancing. Apparently, she's named after Ellis Island. She's an elephant. Oh, that
1: makes sense. Yeah, okay. and here's
2: why. Here's why, though, because you guys were talking a little trash behind the scenes. Like, why isn't it just the Statue of Liberty? First of all, um, I don't know. That might be weird to have a mascot of the Statue of Liberty. If I, I don't know, see it Just see the Statue like, of feels... Liberty
1: dance, I want to see the like, Statue I, of Liberty dance.
2: I bet she could throw down. Um, but when they opened the Brooklyn Bridge in 1883, they were questioning the structural integrity of it. So P.T. Barnum had 21 elephants march across the bridge, and it was this incredible PR success. So... Ellie, the elephant, a reference back to the Brooklyn Bridge, their debut at the Barclays Center. Ellie, Ellis, yada, yada. Here we are. Shouts to Ellie, the elephant. Spain and Fitz. I don't
1: remember that scene in uh, The Greatest Showman. (laughs) No, I I still haven't seen
2: that. I got to get off. You
1: that. haven't seen The Greatest Showman? No, and the music Blow is so good. Blow everything up. Just stop everything okay, else. Just, just quit just the show like, and go. All right. Yeah, I mean, just quit the show. <laughs> like, uh, Get back to us in about an hour and a half, and we'll just pick up Spain and Fitz where we left off. Perfect. Uh, all uh, right, that's the only well, thing I, will, I can tell you.
2: Maybe I'll find some time this weekend. I'll let you know. It's Spain and Fitz. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80. We've been talking all night about how many crazy sports events are on tonight, tomorrow, Sunday. The NBA is stacked tonight, and there is a lot at stake. So tonight, possible clinchings and eliminations. Phoenix, division title with the Clippers loss. Philly, division title and best record in the East, top seed with a win. Dallas, playoff spot, clinched with a win. Wizards, play-in-game spot with a win. And the Bulls are eliminated if there is a Washington win. So, um Lots at stake, but in addition to that, we, we also know that we've got a couple things lined up for the weekend that are going to make a big difference in the way things go. It can, it, can LeBron get healthy enough to make an appearance for the Lakers before the play-in game, which they will likely be playing in? And then tomorrow, the big three for the Nets, expected to play against the Bulls. It's only going to be the eighth time Eight, eight times this entire season that all three of the big three for the Nets will be on the court together. So I think they're making it clear, Fitz, that it's important to them to have them out there and to get some run and get some timing ready before the playoffs.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what everybody's going to be over-obsessed with for right reasons. I mean, but let's also acknowledge that playing the Bulls is a far different challenge, no offense there, than uh, whatever yeah. the, whatever they'll get later in the playoffs. So, they kept it close, do, close right. the other
2: night. They just played the other night, kept it close, but you're right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not the same as facing off like a team like Philly.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, realistically, at some point, they've just got to get the, the rust knocked off. So this comes down to, I think, the, the Nets path looks a lot easier than it could, especially for the, the way we've talked about the West, because the Nets sit at the two-seed. So realistically, if they're playing the Celtics or the Hornets in the first round of the playoffs, they're going to feel really good about that, however that lays out for them. They'll feel really good about that, and it gets them the chance to at least get through that and get the rust knocked off before the next series, which is the one we'd have all eyes on.
2: It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, what I need to point out to you, which is absolutely wild, is that beginning today, before any games start, with 72 hours before the regular season is over and we get going with the play-in tournament and then the playoffs, the Celtics are in seventh and the Spurs are 10th, and that is all we know. That yeah. is it. There is nothing else that we can say with certainty yet. Everything depends on what happens over the weekend. And that sets us up for something that the NBA is doing this year that is Pretty wild, but very fitting with the way that they are pressing all the way up to the very end of the regular season, making sure that fans recognize that everything counts, making sure that that play in tournament has a lot of weight to it and and then moving into the playoffs. And that is that Sunday, the final day of the regular season, there are, I think, and and I I, I need to count, I need to sit and actually count it because there's so many, I think every single team is in action on Sunday. Every single team in the NBA is playing, starting with a slew of games at 12, going all the way to one, two, three, four, five, I think six games starting at eight o'clock on Saturday night on Sunday night. I mean, so that's it. Fitz. like the end of the season, we get a whole mess of games that are going to decide things at the very last minute,
1: which is a brilliant strategy. I mean, we've seen this in the NFL where they put divisional matchups in week 18, just to try and make sure they have as much drama as possible. And usually when we're going into that sort of a weekend and there's this much undecided in the NFL, we keep talking about what a great season it makes for. I would argue we should be having those same conversations around the NBA. The fact that so much seeding is still completely up for grabs is one of the things that has made this a really cool NBA season, even if all anybody seems to want to do is be obsessed with LeBron, the Lakers and the Nets.
2: Yeah. and. That's why I'm excited. I, I Listen, I'm not out on the Lakers or the Nets, but I feel much less certain going into this play-in and postseason that those are the two teams that we're going to see at the end. There's just the injuries and everything else leave us with a lot of question marks, which makes me really, really pumped for this final stretch. Reminder that all the play-in tournament and all playoff games are on ESPN Radio starting Tuesday night. It's Spain and Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Uh, We also, this weekend, WNBA gets its shine tonight. The start of the 25th season, hashtag count it, is happening right now. we got a slew of games tonight. Tomorrow, my Chicago Sky gets started at noon, their championship campaign. We also have the NWSL regular season starting tomorrow with my, literally my, and I get to say mine. I get to say our, and I get to say we because I'm one of the co-owners of the Chicago Red Stars. They get started on Sunday against the Challenge Cup winners Portland Thorns on Portland. I'm throwing a big watch party here in Chicago at one of my favorite bars, getting a big group of people together outside to watch on a big screen. So tons of seasons starting this weekend as well as those that are wrapping up. It's that crossover point where there's just, as we keep saying, a sports sport smorgasbord of action um let's talk about your aces and my sky we need to put something on the line here Fitz, season is about to start for both of our teams zero zero everything's even before we even have a hint of what their seasons are going to look like other than expectations let's put something on the line
1: here i I, i've got an idea you know and this is this is something rare for me i put my own money yeah yeah well (laughs) both yeah an idea and spending money I put my own cash today into the WNBA in the form of swag. I went out and bought a bunch of WNBA swag, uh, largely because I want to be a supporter and an advocate for the league, and I think they're doing great things. And so if I want to be a supporter, rather than asking the Aces to send me anything, I want to buy Aces stuff. So I did. I bought a bunch of swag today and had me thinking, Sarah, maybe – we do a little bit of swag. And every, what everybody usually does is like, oh, well, you have to wait No. No, I want to get you or you get me something that we'll be able to hold on to and wear. So I think that whichever team has the better regular season, that person's the winner. The loser then has to buy some piece of swag for the other person that uh, they get to keep.
2: Okay, I like this plan. I like it puts money into the WNBA. We get some gear to rep our squad. Let me up the ante just slightly. Can we also add in that for a day... At the end of the record, we're doing this based on what, let's say, best regular season record?
3: hmm
2: Okay. Yep. For a day, we have to change our Twitter avatar to the logo of the other person's team if our team has a worse record.
1: This is a spectacular bet, and we're going to carry this one over into the NFL also. Yeah, so I'm all Wait, in for but, this. But,
2: but let me ask a question. So, like, I have, let's just, like, say 240,000 followers.
1: Yeah, I got, like, 39,000. you 000.
2: don't yeah. have 40,000 no. Should you have to change your avatar for however many days it takes to amount to $240,000? It doesn't feel like it's fair trade.
1: I mean, here's the thing, uh, you know, realistically, it might take me the next 15 years to do that. So, you know, it, it's funny, Sarah, like you can say days. the WNBA rocks. You know what? And, you know what? And I'm putting care. that
2: as a poll. I'm going to ask people if you should have to keep it up for six days to equal the exposure of my one day. That just that's doesn't fair. seem yeah. like a fair trade.
1: Okay, six days I'll I'll give you. Like, uh, Let's <laughs> make math easy because my, my brain, because I'm stupid. We'll go. I'll go a week, you go a day. Okay. That's fair. A week and a day. Like, that's okay. the, the fair... The fair contest on this. And, you know, I'm just going to buy followers by the NFL season so that, you know, it only has to be up there for an hour when the Bears are better than the Raiders. So I like this bet. So it comes out. And I feel confident about, by the way, you know, it, I, there is a little piece of me. Let's remember that uh, the Vegas Aces last year had a very good year, even though they, they were minus two of their they best did. players. So they did. Okay, I feel cool. like well, Vegas yeah, is going to be, we, they're, they're going to be. Uh, Throwing,
2: it down. They're okay, throwing well, it down. I just wanted to let you know that Candace Parker is on the sky now. Okay. Yeah, well, this mean, one. Okay. That, anyway, that's... ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. That was a weird, like, high-pitched trash talk session. It was like we both <laughs> took, like, we both like, like, uh, inhaled from a balloon, and then and
1: then talked trash to each other. A new, a new life lesson: if you talk trash in a really high voice, you don't make anybody mad. That goes along Wait with another life rule: if you whisper it, it's always creepy.
2: This is a new segment. By the way, the whispering thing is right. We are also going to have a new segment where we actually get helium balloons and trash talk each other. This, Write it down, Fitz. ESPN oh God, Radio is, is presented amazing. by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together, so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Coming up, speaking of the Chicago sky, Courtney Vandersloot joins us next.
0: You're listening to the Spain and Fitz Podcast.
2: Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz on a fry, yay on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, SiriusXM XM, Channel 80, an extra special Fri-yay full of the WNBA starting, wrapping up the NBA season, NHL playoffs tomorrow, NWSL on Sunday, the Basketball Hall of Fame. We'll get to that in a few minutes here on Spain and Fitz. Lots going on. And it's time to check in with one of my favorite players from my favorite WNBA team ahead of what should be a really important season a really good shot at their first championship from the Chicago sky Courtney Vandersloot joins us Sloot thanks for the time
3: yeah thanks for having me
2: okay so obviously the biggest news around this season is Candace Parker deciding to come home to the Chicago area and join up with the guy tell me what you know you and your wife Allie Quigley are two of the stars of this team what were you guys doing when you found out that Candace wanted out of LA and back to Chicago?
3: Uh, We were in Russia, and we were (laughs) on a flight, actually, and it was like we had talked to James earlier a little bit, like maybe an hour earlier, and I was like, he's like, I think she's coming. I think. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And, you know, we're about to hop on a flight, and when we landed, we had, like, both of our phones were just blowing up, saying, like, no way. Candace is coming back. Like, Candace is coming home. And so that's how we found out for sure for sure that she was coming
1: was there any like recruiting here i mean were were you sending any notes along the way to try and help the process
3: oh yeah we did everything we pulled (laughs) we pulled out all the tricks that we have uh i mean we really really wanted candace to come play for chicago so you know we sent her um chicago style food we hit up portillo's and pizza (laughs) Chicago style hot dog like everything we could, um, you know, I was like, "You got to, we got to make a homecoming video." Just let's just bring out all the tricks, you know. I'm not sure any of that really worked or mattered, but she's here <laughs> now, so I'm just gonna, you know, I'm I'm happy about that.
2: <laughs> and safe to assume you didn't send her that burnt bread that we saw in 144 last night.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that was that was exclusive to the villa. <laughs>
2: There was not enough Sky content last night, but some of it was just the team getting distracted by the cameras and burning their Italian feast. And I was here for it. It was very real. Uh, Courtney Vandersley with us here on Spain and Fitz, talking about the Chicago Sky season starting tomorrow at noon. Um, And and Courtney, you know, your career has been a, a really impressive one from the beginning, but it's pretty incredible at this point in your career to become an MVP finalist. Talk about what, was like a pivot point for you in being a, a great point guard and a, and a lead leader to, to getting to MVP status?
3: Um, you know, I think it was really, um, you know, I don't, I don't know exact moment or when it was, um, but you know, having coaches and a team, you know, I, I've been with my the Chicago sky my entire career. So I just got to a point where, they they trusted they trusted me and what I could bring to the team and they basically put the put the ball in my hands and said like we go as you go and I think that was like a big moment for my career um, having that trust and, from my teammates and my coaches that you know we're we're gonna we're, we're gonna let you just kind of lead this thing and you know it's it's been it's been a ride and it's been fun but you know I'm I'm really excited to have someone like Candice out there um, along with me you know that has championship experience and just like you know, knows how to win, knows how to make plays. Um, it'll be a good dynamic, I think.
1: Courtney, we've talked on this show a lot about the, the importance of the 25th season for the WNBA. For you, how does it feel? Does it feel different this season than it does most seasons because of that landmark?
3: Um, I think every single year feels a little bit um, different. Uh, it is a big one. You know, we talk about how much the, the we're trying to grow the game and how much the game has grown Um you know, I think it's a special year just to celebrate how far we've come. Um, you know, from from the very first year and how how you know so so many like legends have really set the, the set the tone and that you know the young future. It's it's just I think a nice combination of everything and I think just how much coverage and everything the WMG is getting. It just is it's a fun time to celebrate 25 years. I think.
2: Totally agree. It does feel different from the outside in terms of the push of media coverage and, and investment and I hope that I hope that remains. Courtney Vanderslut of the Chicago Sky with us here on the Goodyear hotline on Spain and Fitz. Uh, last year a monumental one for you. You break the record for assists in a single game, new WNBA record of 17, and the 17th was to your wife, which was incredible. And then you put one more on top of that to set the record at 18. And, you know, this is not a new thing for you. There's only been eight seasons in the entire history of the WNBA that player has posted an assist percentage of at least 40%, and four of those are yours from 2017 to 2020. It's been back to back to back to back. Now you add Candice into the mix, someone that you're going to have a lot of fun uh, passing it to and playing with. How's it been chemistry-wise in the practices leading up to tomorrow's opener?
3: You know, if if I'm being completely honest, I think we had our first, like, real practice because, you know, of the protocols and everything that I came super late. We had one solid practice together, what? and it felt great. Wild. I'll tell you that. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that's been a challenge, obviously, with this year and me coming back from overseas and then the, the protocols. But, um, you know, like I said, that, that one day did feel really good. I think, you know, Candace is somebody that she's really easy to play with. I think everybody that's probably played with her understands that, um, you know, she, she's just always in the right spot. She plays the right way. So I think that I, I, can't, I can't imagine this being, um, you know, taking much time to get really comfortable with each other.
1: How much of an adjustment is it to, to that point, you know, when you're playing internationally and then playing here and you got to come back and get ready for this season so quickly? What? what how much of a challenge is that for you guys?
3: Um, I think the, the most challenging part is you're coming from, you know, the postseason where it's, it's pretty relaxed and everything is very shortened and, you know, you're really focused on just winning the last few games to coming to a preseason game or preseason where you're, you know – the intensity is is just so high. Everything's heightened, and I think that's the biggest adjustment. Trying to go from you know like okay postseason mode to now preseason, we're going to talk about everything, we're going to drill everything, we're going to analyze everything. Um, so that's an adjustment. But once you hit games, it's kind of just like everything. You just fall. Everything falls into place.
2: And now you don't have to be in the wobble to do it. So it should hopefully be a little bit more normal than last year. But what an incredible season. What incredible success for the league. Hopefully more of the same. But with a title for the Sky at the end this time. Uh, Courtney, thanks yes, for the time ma'am. and good luck tomorrow.
3: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks Courtney
2: Vandersloot of the Chicago Sky. Uh, if you have not gotten on board the Vanderquigs train, I mean, it is It is really super fun and fits. I know as a married person, you could only imagine what it would be like if you and Sonny were out there every night, depending on each other. Uh, Brad and I would kill each other. So it's really impressive.
1: We didn't have the chance to ask her. That's really what I'm thinking here. Like, what happens when one of them drops the ball at some point, like (laughs) literally or figuratively in the game? Like, you don't bring that home? Better than I am.
2: Well, I'm telling you, she she set the WNB assist record with a pass to her wife. Imagine if she missed that shot. (laughs) <laughs> Time running yeah. out to win, to hit the record and airball. ball. Uh, they're really fun to watch. Uh, Get in the zones brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Coming up, a former teammate of Kobe Bryant's is going to sc- stop by to talk about what Kobe meant to him, someone who played with him, someone who coached him ahead of this Hall of Fame weekend. It's next, Spain and Fitz, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
0: You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast.
1: Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, SiriusXM XM, Channel Ladies, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Don't forget the Basketball Hall of Fame enshrinement ceremony tomorrow, 5.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. And to get a little insight on that, a little insight on one of the guys that are being enshrined tomorrow, we're going to head over to the Goodyear Hotline where we're joined by Mark Madsen, Utah Valley head basketball coach, former Laker. Uh, Madsen played with Brian for three seasons before we turned into the Lakers as an assistant coach for the final two years of Kobe's career. Coach, thanks so much for the time. I appreciate you hanging out with us. You know, so many stories over the last eighteen months, two years have been told about Kobe. If you, with all of your experience and everything you've heard, what have we not heard enough of when it comes to Kobe Bryant?
5: I think the biggest thing is is who he was away from basketball. It's that's one of the things that I think it's lost. Um, obviously, Hall of Fame player, the talent. Um you know the and i mean this in the most positive sense of the word but the, the ruthlessness on the court uh, but but away from basketball just his love of his family of his wife of his daughters what he did in the community and and kind of the the interest and the passion he took um in the community from from you know doing a lot of stuff with the nba to working with the homeless right in downtown la it's uh his impact was much bigger than than the game
2: You know, one of the most tragic things I think about him dying so young, um, as you said, is is who he was off the court. And there are so many athletes, especially ruthless ones like Kobe, that we imagine will struggle so much after basketball to find something that scratches that itch. And he was already winning Oscars and getting so involved in artistic endeavors. Uh, So there's that side of it, of wanting to see what he could have become in other pursuits, but also how much we felt like from the outside Kobe was changing from the sort of awkward guy who didn't quite feel like he fit in as a young man to someone who found his footing in the NBA and then who eventually warmed to so many and becoming a mentor as an older player and then post-basketball embracing who he was fighting for women's sports Um, in those later years. How much did you feel and notice that Kobe was kind of acknowledging who he had been and, and then moving into who he wanted to be? (laughs)
5: it it was in a way it was almost like two different people. It it really was because playing with him in the early two thousands, it was, it was hardcore. I I mean, it was, it was all about winning. It was all about, you know, when, when, when he went on the court, he was going to give it everything he had at at the highest level of effort and, and just putting everything on the line. Um, Later, when I went back to coach him in in 2013, he, he, he had mellowed, he had mellowed out. He still had that same fire on the court, but, you know, you go through the training room and and he was, you know, he always was very diligent in the training room with Gary VD with, you know, the chiropractors to make sure his body was good and and well taken care of. But then he would, you know, he, he literally sat there from the training room and did a lot of work on his phone. I mean, he would be there typing away, making calls, sending texts, I think in anticipation of the next chapter of life. And, uh, but it was, you know, he, he took everything a notch down in terms of just that, that tenacity, but still on the court, it was, it was the same.
1: We're talking to Mark Mattson, Utah Valley head coach, head basketball coach, Spain and Fitz ESPN radio, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. I think it's interesting, you know, you played with him and then you come back as an assistant coach working with him. What was that like for you having seen, you know, two different roles with Kobe? It ended up.
5: I was a little bit nervous at first, to be honest with you, only because <clears throat> we had one relationship as teammates where it's just more relaxed. You grab a dinner, you know, you you talk about things in the locker room, and then now now I'm on the coaching side of things. But it it was great. Uh, I remember when I was on the staff, you know, we would we would sit on the plane at times and just talk X's and O's. Um, sometimes we'd kind of think back to the a lot of the triangle offense principles, which you know, throughout Kobe's entire career, he loved it. He loved the triangle. Um, You know, Byron Byron Scott's system already had some triangle in it. But, uh, you know, but the funny thing is, in the early 2000s, there were times when Kobe hated the triangle. There were times when Shaq hated the triangle. So they'd be pushing back on Phil Jackson, Phil Jackson. The one thing with Phil is, don't mess with the triangle. Do do not mess with the offense. You know, if you mess with the offense, he's taking you out. It doesn't matter if you're Shaq or Kobe or whoever. And, and so there was always that pushback back and forth. And then, you know, both those players, all of us, you know, anyone that played for Phil, we talk about it all the time when we see each other, the the triangle principles, the four pivots, the, uh, the different reads out of the triangle.
2: Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, talking to Mark Madsen, Utah Valley head basketball coach, former Laker, teammate of Kobe Bryant, and then later an assistant coach for the last two years of Kobe's career. You wrote a great story that people can go find on markmadsen.com, some of your reflections. Um, and you just were talking about, um, you know, the the triangle offense and that connection with Phil and Tex Winter and, and the thing that we tie so so much to Michael Jordan's career as well. And we know Michael Jordan will be the one – that uh, enshrines Kobe tomorrow. Do you have any expectations or idea of what that will sound like uh, goat to goat?
5: I'm guessing, I'm guessing it's going to be emotional. Um, obviously I, I, I don't, I don't know, Michael uh, played against him in one game. You, you know, you, you keep the box score, you frame it, <laughs> that type of thing. But, 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 you know, I d- don't know him at all, but just nothing but respect. But I, it's it, it has to be emotional. It's going to be emotional because we we lost Kobe too too soon. Um, you know, it was it was tragic the way it happened. It, you know, we lost Kobe's daughter and other people on that on that helicopter flight also. And it's it's sad. It's sad, and you know, it's it's taken me a while to work through it. I'm continuing to work through it, as I'm sure others are. You know, I think back. I think one of the things that just makes Kobe so special is how much of a student of the game he was. You know, when when you're on a road trip as a coach, you know, you're on a road trip and you never know when the Super Bowl is going to be, but one of the Super Bowls coincided with being on the road. And so we, we got together and we watched it. And I was sitting next to Kobe uh, for a lot of it. And it was amazing to, to just watch a Super Bowl with Kobe. Because he's he's pointing out these football players and and some of them he's like that guy is the man here's why and then other guys and a lot of it had to do with how they handled pressure and so here we are watching the Super Bowl and you know everyone handles pressure differently and and I got to hear Kobe's honest thoughts on all these great great NFL players um, and it was just interesting to see how he approached it and and how he made parallels between pressure in the NBA to pressure in the NFL and and, and what he looked for. It, it was it was awesome.
1: We're talking to Mark Madsen, Utah Valley head basketball coach on Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. So as someone that played with him for three seasons and then coached with him for the final two years of his career, if I asked you for one memory on the court, one game that really stands out to you for Kobe, what was it?
5: I mean, I would say it was probably when it was probably when the Washington Wizards came in and Michael Jordan at that time was playing for the Washington Wizards and, and there was so much hype around that game, Michael versus Kobe. And, you know, leading up to it, I wonder, I, I said, w- what's going to happen? Is Michael going to go off? Is he going to go for 50? Is he going to go for 60? Uh, it's Michael Jordan. And, and Kobe was obviously – everyone knew he was going to be in the Hall of Fame, but he was still coming into – all of his talent and ability and the game started out. I mean, Michael was knocking down shots and it's like, man, this guy's going to make a statement, but Kobe literally had 40 points in the first half. M- Michael hit two or three s- shots to start. Kobe had 40 points and, and not 40 points on the last tick of, of the second quarter. No 40 points with like two or three or four minutes left in the, fir- in the first half. Um, you know, he slowed down a little bit in the second half, but he was, he was, hitting, hitting three-point shot after three-point shot. And the Staples Center was just – everyone was on their feet screaming, and it was just – you're watching it unfold, and you're just thinking the NBA, you know, is in good hands with Kobe going forward. You know, Mike's kind of in the twilight, and Kobe's going to take this thing forward, and he did.
2: The Hall of Fame enshrinement ceremony is tomorrow, 5.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Thanks so much for the memories, Mark. Everyone go to MarkMadsen.com, read up on some of the other stories he told, including a pretty moving one about having to miss the celebration of life at the Staples Center for a very good reason as your, as your wife went into labor right beforehand. So your second son came into the world on two twenty four twenty twenty. 2020 uh, Awesome stuff, Mark, and good luck with the upcoming season.
5: Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate you guys having me on.
1: Nice, Mark Matson really
5: on
2: Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz on ESPN radio. Mark brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven coming up. It's a Friday. We got some sports Tinder and a hilarious quote from a player who just found out they're the same age as their teammates. Mom. It's coming up next.
0: <laughs> You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast.
2: Friday. Okay. We've had a long week. Sometimes it's hard to spit it out. <laughs> it's Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, SiriusXM channel 80. That music you're hearing is Jordan Davis. Be sure to subscribe to the Spain and Fitz podcast. We got an after party tonight on this Friday where we talked to Jordan Davis about his upcoming single "By Dirt" and what it's been like being a musician during COVID and all sorts of stuff. We also talked to him, Fitz, about his upcoming tour with a college football frenemy. Here's what it sounded like.
7: Unfortunately, he's got the upper leg on me uh, going back to last season. So, uh, you know, LSU struggled a little bit last year, but uh, I think we're going to get a turnaround this year. So I'm looking forward to it, man. Like, you know, I've never been out with another SEC guy during football season, like me and Kane are going to be out. So, I'm pretty excited about these, these Saturdays before the show where we get to sit down and hang out, watch some football. And I'm sure that there'll be some smack talk uh, going going between UGA and LSU, between me and Kane. Kane Brown fits is the uh,
2: is the headliner of the tour that he said to join and uh that's gonna be an interesting back and forth on saturdays
1: yeah there's a lot of look anybody doesn't know a lot of cash and a lot of trash talking goes on on those tour buses when it comes to games for some of these artists that are big fans and kane is a huge georgia fan and uh jordan my buddy big lsu fan so uh, check out the whole interview though it's out there on the spain and Fitz podcast really good stuff from jordan and check out by dirt comes out may 21st
2: I'm of course now picturing you uh parting with a single dollar at a time and pulling your hair out uh on, the, on everybody else's gambling and you're you're sweating over a dollar loss. Uh he's thrifty, everybody. He's thrifty. It's Spain and Fitz, <laughs> Air Spain, Jason Fitz. Like we said, Spain and Fitz Podcast, Apple, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Guys, it's a Fry That's right, it's Fry We made it. We weren't all together here every night, but we made it anyway. We're here on a Fry Got a big sports weekend ahead of us. And when we've got a big Friday night and y'all are at home making bad decisions, we like to join you with a little something we call sports tinder. Sports Tinder. That's right. We ask a question and then we swipe our answer. If we agree, we swipe right. If we really agree, we swipe up. If we disagree, we swipe left. And if we hate it, we swipe down. Let's start out with Eudonis Haslam making his season debut. Bitsy was two for two from the field, two technicals. Two minutes played, and he was ejected. But he was a plus three, so good game?
1: I am going to swipe up. Super like. Not only good game, <laughs> hell of a year. Like, you play two <laughs> minutes, you get the full season's paycheck. Like, I'm going back, and I'm just sitting on the team playing, going back and saying, guys, I'm really glad I helped everybody out in there. It was efficient, too. He he did not miss a single shot all season. So how do you like that?
2: <laughs> yeah, you could actually picture with UD, too, him just you deciding in advance, like, you know what, I think I'm going to get kicked out of this game because it's been really nice not having to play. So I'm just going to take <laughs> myself right out. I'm going to
0: swipe up super like
2: Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's just, it's the most UD game ever. Uh Moving on to another story uh that we've already been told was a little overblown. Uh, the headlines, a little bit more dramatic, oh. but there is truth to it that Baltimore Ravens offensive lineman, Ben Cleveland, a.k.a. Big Country, subsists on squirrel he acknowledged at friday's mini camp that he likes to eat the little furry creatures that sarah jessica parker's character in sex in the city called a rat in a cuter outfit but Mm -hmm. that he has a specific squirrel diet is an overblown thing he just eats what you got in the freezer from the fall you got a little hungry you got no deer meat left fry up a squirrel or two and go eat that he said it started when he stayed home sick Couldn't find anything in the house but biscuits, so he opened the living room window and shot two squirrels for lunch. He said some of the squirrels in South Georgia taste a little bit more nutty, but the acorns and stuff up here aren't as strong as the ones down South, so up here it just tastes like squirrel.
1: Fits. Has he not learned anything from (laughs) Cousin Eddie, by the way, who had to give him up because they're high in cholesterol? Come on.
2: If you're in a pinch, are you eating some squirrel?
1: I'm going to. Swipe right. Okay, I got a lot of friends that have gone down that same path. Like you know, country music got a lot of the the hunting buddies out there that have done that. That'll that'll fry up some squirrel. I have never eaten squirrel, but given the the, I'm an exotic eater, right? So if you hand me a piece of alligator or a raw horse in Japan, I'm going to eat it. So like, it's just Mm -hmm. one of those things that I'll do. I will eat squirrel, but I won't be proud of it. I I will probably deny afterwards.
2: Are you, buddy? (laughs) (laughs) Short list of things you're proud of. I'm going to
0: swipe down. I hate it.
2: Okay, for a number of reasons. Number one, I'm a vegetarian. So we must be talking about a pinch like you're literally going to die unless you eat a squirrel. Um, Also, I disagree with Carrie Bradshaw. I don't think squirrels are just a rat in a cuter outfit. I like squirrels. I think they're adorable and there are furry friends that live amongst us and I don't want to eat one. So no, I'm not going to do that. WNBA
1: season. No. Like, okay. I don't want to do that. No, I'm out on squirrel if I can help it. Okay, go uh, ahead.
2: Let me know if Corn, Q U O R N, that brand starts making like squirrel nuggets <laughs> that are actually plant-based, maybe. But even then I'd be sad if I thought about it too hard. All right. WNBA season is underway, 25th season, hashtag count it. And Sue Bird, we played some sound from her earlier from the jump, talking to Rachel Nichols. I was so pumped that she did not close the door on playing for a couple more seasons. Um, She is a little long in the tooth for an NBA player. She had some injuries two years ago and had to sit out, but she was back as a part of their championship Seattle Storm team last year. And she made it sound like she's taking it year by year. She's going to keep going, and she's been able to really focus on her health and diet and everything else to stay a tremendous player at the age of 40 she took a little bit of a hit today when she found out that new teammate kiki herbert harrington's mother is her exact same age she called it just devastating so Fitz, if sue bird is the same age as kiki herbert harrington's mother could she legally ground her after a bad game
1: i am going to swipe up
0: super like
1: I need this, Sarah. I need this validation because, like, let's face it, the number of times I've worked with people on SportsCenter on Snapchat that I realize, like, I am old enough to be their dad, I feel this now. So the option to ground somebody is all, I'm all in it. Like, I'm no Sue Bird, but if I could ever get to that status just knowing that sort of power exists, I, like, it's empowering for me. So I feel her pain. I'm all in on grounding them.
2: Yeah, we need some sort of recourse. We can't just be old and have nothing to show for it, other than, I guess, in Sue's case, every single – award and championship that's ever existed i guess she's fine she's doing okay but you know kiki's gonna come in and talk about not having a side part and her jeans are too dark and you know i'm saying like the the youngster's always coming with something so she needs to have some recourse and i think being able to ground her is just the thing finally sports tender spain and fitz sarah spain jason Fitz. the nwsl regular season starts tomorrow my chicago red stars start on sunday it's an away game they are at portland we don't have our home opener until the week after So I've decided to have a watch party at my favorite local bar, Fifty Fifty, here right down the street. And I've invited a whole bunch of people. I don't know how many are going to show up, but there will be some drinking. There will be some food. There will be a big old screen outside to watch the game on. And the question, of course, is then, will I be hungover for our show on Monday?
1: (laughs) I am going to swipe left. Huh. Yeah, you're not going to be hungover, Sarah. You're still going to be drunk because you're going to be partying still. (laughs) Let's go. I'm all in. Uh, I
2: would say a couple of years ago there's a possibility for that, but I'm going to.
0: Swipe right.
2: I will be hungover, not still drunk, and even if I only drink like two drinks, I will still be hungover because I'm old. I'm Sue Bird at this point. I'm getting to the point. What's the choice going to be
1: for this? Do you have a special drink for well, like so the owners? Budweiser you
2: know, like? is a sponsor of the league, so shout out Budweiser for supporting women's sports and putting their money where their mouth is. Uh, maybe that. You know, I love me some claw. I might get into some claw. Also, I tend to get the, the 50/50. Has those big red cups that you take home. So little vodka lemonade action on a Sunday night. Mm. Can't beat it. Talk to you guys later. Have a great weekend. Freddie and Fitzsimmons next. Sue Bird is on.
0: You're listening to the Spain and Fitz Podcast.
1: Always love it when my worlds can collide, and that happens now because we get to talk about country music and sports. That's kind of everything I love doing. So, Sarah, my buddy Jordan Davis joining us now. Jordan, congrats, man. You got new music coming out by Dirt. Hits everywhere May 21st. Uh, I'll start there. Like, how weird is the process of trying to make music in the middle of COVID when nobody knows what's coming next?
7: Man, it's been crazy. Uh, You know, obviously super excited to have, new music out but we were able to release the EP early like right at the start of the pandemic Uh, but did I ever think that I would be releasing two projects when I haven't been able to go out and tour you know either one of them it's kind of wild but I'm just man so stoked to just kind of feel like we're getting back to a normal way of of getting music out and getting close to getting back out on the road.
2: Jordan I love talking to songwriters and I love how vague they are about creating a lot of them just say the song comes to you which sounds magical but is hard to think about for those who are not songwriters during covid and during the time off did you find that songs were coming to you and you you felt like you could make good use of that time or were you pressing because you thought well now all i have time to do is sit at home and write and nothing's coming to me
7: (laughs) yeah it was tough at first because i don't think we and Fitz can probably back me up on this, I don't think we realize how much inspiration we get from touring and from being out on the road and like how much that's such an integral part in our creation, like when we get back to town and we start trying to think about new songs and ideas. Just kind of the everyday in and out of talking to people Um, You know, we get a lot of ideas for songs like that. So the first couple of months of the pandemic, I was thinking like, yeah, I got a bunch of time to sit around and write. But I was having trouble coming up with things to write about, you know, because everything was so mundane. Um, So it took a little while to kind of get out of that. And it basically took me just kind of stepping away from it for a month or two and not trying to write a song and almost kind of missing creating again for this EP to kind of start taking shape.
1: All right, Jordan. But one cool thing is like you, you just had a baby, right? So you got to spend a little time actually getting to know what like family life, right? Like that's gotta be a positive <laughs> from all of this.
7: No, it was, it was, I mean, that was the one silver lining about everything is, you know, I got to be here and be a part of, you know, her, you know, the first 18 months of her life, you know, I was pretty much at home and able to see like some of those huge milestones of her going from crawling to walking, you know, her eating food for the first time. And there's no doubt in my mind that without this shutdown, uh, you know, I'd have been on the road. I'd have missed that. So that was, I mean, the, the best thing to come out of this really unfortunate time. But I was very grateful for it.
2: Meanwhile, the whole time I've been like, thank God I don't have kids. But a, a baby is good um, and easy and yeah. fun and nice to be around. But, like, I've just been like, oh, my God, I can leave the house and my dogs just hang out and wait for me. I don't have to worry about them. Oh, we're talking to Jordan Davis, singer-songwriter here on Spain and Fit's. Um, I am so pumped to get back to live music. I've been buying tickets left and right, although my, my wonderful best friend, who I love very much, happens to have a 40th birthday on the same weekend as every festival that I want to go to. Like, it's just one weekend wow. in September that everyone I love decided to get back at it. Uh, so I'm, I'm a little bummed at how quickly tickets are going. But what is your plan for this upcoming stretch of months? Are you able to get back out there? And how different is it going to look uh, when you're actually out on, on tour?
7: Yeah, we do. We have a busy summer schedule. Uh, a lot of festivals we're playing. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot of touring in the fall. We're actually going out with Kane Brown starting in October, which I'm stoked about. Um, yeah, it's kind of, you know, I, it's, we're still figuring out like maybe how it's going to look, uh, you know, but I think all in all, we're just going to be excited to be back on the stage. You know, we haven't been able to do it in so long and we, we've we missed it so much, so I really have capacity, quarter capacity, full capacity, whatever it looks like. We're just going to be happy to be up there playing music.
1: Well, you say that. You also kind of flippantly mentioned in there you're going to be touring with Kane. Kane, a noted Georgia football fan, right? And so <laughs> you, obviously, a huge LSU fan. So let's just get right down to it. What's the, what's the smack-talking regimen going to be on the weekends when you're out with another SEC guy on tour?
7: Yeah. Well, unfortunately, he's got the upper leg on me uh, going back to last season. So, uh, you know, LSU struggled a little bit last year, but uh, I think we're going to get it turned around this year. So I'm looking forward to it, man. Like, you know, I've never been out with another SEC guy during football season like me and Kane are going to be out. So I'm I'm pretty excited about these these Saturdays before the show where we get to sit down and hang out, watch some football. And uh, I'm sure that there will be some smack talk uh, going Going between UGA and LSU, between me and Kane.
1: I mean, you guys did have, by the way, a really good recruiting class. So, like everybody, I keep talking to, thinks that LSU is going to bounce back quick. You know, I'm just, I'm trying to give you a little hope, Jordan. Just trying to give you hope, man.
7: Oh, I know, I and mean, I appreciate that, buddy. <laughs> I think, I think we are too. Like, I think, man, I, I really think it's good to find a quarterback. Uh, I, I think Matt Johnson's the guy, and I think he took some huge steps last year. And I mean, I just think that. LSU is too good of a program to to have two kind of subpar seasons, and um, and I think this year is going to be a big one for us.
2: Okay, but I need to test just how big of a fan you are because I can tell you from experience, and this is an absolute 100% name drop, and I'm cool with that. I was talking to Eddie Vedder, and he is such a <laughs> massive Chicago Cubs fan. And when the Cubs were starting their you know, heating up, not World Series year, but the year before when they went to the NLCS, they had planned a tour in, I think it was South America. And uh, next summer, Eddie's around Wrigley, and he's like, I said last year, we're not planning any more fall-October dates just in case the Cubs continue to be in the mix. And, of course, they won the World Series next year. So he's planning tours around a potential World Series trip. Are we at that point yet, Jordan, where it's like, I'm so sorry, LSU is playing that day. I cannot perform.
7: <laughs> yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not quite to Eddie better status where I can play <laughs> tours around LSU football games. But I do love when uh, – It's so crazy. Like, you know, there's nothing like, you know, night games in the SEC when LSU is going up against Alabama, whoever it is, you know, nighttime in Death Valley. I used to, like, crave that. And it's so crazy now to where I'm like, can we please get the 2.30 CBS game so that I can watch this and not be (laughs) on stage? You know, I have to record it and get off stage and yell at everybody and say, hey, don't tell me, don't tell me anything. I'm going back oh, to the. Oh, that's bus. the worst. I've got it recorded. Yeah. I know. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not quite there yet, but uh, I do everything in my power to where I don't know the score, if I am playing during a game, and I go back, shut my phone off, and just watch it like I'm watching it live.
1: Duly noted. I'll be sure not to. Uh, the cardinal sin on that is when somebody unexpectedly texts you, like, "Oh my God, that finish! You got to be so excited!" And then you're like, "Well, thanks. I you know. just screwed up the entire game for me. <laughs> that's that's and a I'm real glad thing." We got
7: to talk about this fits because I feel like it would be something that I I would get a text from you being like, dude, what about that finish? Or maybe (laughs) if you leave it at that, but like, (laughs) or even here's, here's what I would love for you to do. If there is a game where LSU does get blown out, at least be like, Oh man, What a game, dude. Yeah, you got to watch this one to where I'm at least like hanging on the edge of my seat until I realize, like, oh, no, we got blown out. He was just messing with me.
1: (laughs) Oh, no, I I couldn't do that. I don't have the heart. Hey, before we (laughs) let you get out of here, I I looked at the tour schedule. October 22nd, y'all are playing New Orleans. You're playing in Louisiana. What's that like for you when you get to go home and play and you know that you're playing in an arena in like an area that you have so much love for?
7: Yeah, that's the one. Where I kinda I had my fingers crossed that I was gonna get whenever I'd heard the routing sheet. Um, and do when it came through, like, you know, every show's gonna be great, but I'd be lying to say that I don't have this, you know, Smoothie King Center circled down in New Orleans and that I've gotten a ton of text messages from buddies being like, dude, you're coming down early, right? Like we're gonna get the time to to drink this in and and celebrate it cuz it, it is man like there's that's going to be a special night uh not just for me you know for my family my friends and uh i I've, I've definitely got that one highlighted
1: well you guys can check him out all fall he'll be out with Kane Brown you can check out all the info uh everywhere you can check him out on socials, jordan davis official and by dirt comes out may 21st everywhere you get your music jordan keep crushing man and uh, we'll figure out a way to hang out you know uh, game day this fall we got to get you like somehow on one of these weekends you got to come over and hang out with us
7: Absolutely, man. I'm looking forward to it. And thank y'all so much for having me on.
2: Man, and, we didn't uh, even really ask why it. we should be buying dirt. Is it? Is, oh, I mean, that is, is it. it? Is it like? Is it like uh, pork barrels? Or you know, is there a shortage like <laughs> gas? Like, why are we buying dirt?
7: Is yeah. this for our graves? What's yeah. happening here? Yeah, I know. That's what's funny is when I first turned that song in. I was like, hey guys, I had this new song. It means a lot to me. It's called Buy Dirt. And the first response I got back was like. You're talking about, like, buying a grave plot? And I, was yeah. like, I never thought of it that way.
1: It sounds really depressing.
2: Yeah, I'm sorry. That's where my brain went. Yeah. Well, who I'm needs Dodge, uh, yeah.
1: Dogecoin when you got dirt? That's what yeah. I'm saying. Come on now. Dirt yeah. Coin. <laughs> Jordan, we appreciate you, brother. Yeah. Be good.
7: Hey, thank you all so much. Thanks for
0: listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. You can listen to the show weeknights at 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app.